thank you, uh, Simon. Um, I'm not really sure I have much to add after Jen and James's video, but I'll uh, I'll try. See. Um, so this week we are in uh, week two of our two weeks on the topic of prayer. Last week, we looked at three occasions from the book of Luke where Jesus prayed. And from that, we picked out some principles of prayer. We saw uh, that Jesus prayed regularly. He prayed expectantly and he prayed honestly. Um, we talked about how the end goal of prayer is not prayer, but a relationship with our father about recognising that we can't do life on our own and about how self-reliance is a cultural idol that we need to battle against. Otherwise, as we just heard, we're like a potato trying to swim. So this week's aim is to consider how we can apply uh, these principles on prayer to our lives in Coventry in 2021. <clears throat> Let me emphasise again that I'm not here this morning to say you must pray like this. Um, in fact, as we go on, uh, we'll see that prayer looks different for different people at different times. However, the life of Jesus and the whole of the Bible demonstrate that prayer is an essential part of our lives as followers of Jesus. We were made to walk and talk with our father. And last week we saw that it is a choice to pray, to set aside time to be with God. We are surrounded by things which battle for our attention. I don't know if you've seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma, uh, but that talks about how uh, we are the product of social media. It's our attention that is being sold. And that is just social media. I mean, there are countless other things competing for our attention every day. Jesus taught his disciples, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father. We have to choose to spend time alone with our father, focusing on him. So this morning, we're going to consider how we might best live out those principles of prayer that we explored last week. And um, I hope it's helpful and that it leaves you feeling encouraged. Before we dive in with our first principle, I just want to recommend a couple of books on prayer that I found really helpful. And um, the first I know lots of small groups have looked at over the last few months. It's called How to Pray by Pete Gregg, and it's really practical and clear about prayer. Um, and the second one I read recently is called A Praying Life by a guy called Paul Miller. Um, and I'll quote that several times this morning. It's been really good. So um, let's get cracking then with our first principle. Uh, we said Jesus prayed regularly. We saw last week how Jesus often withdrew to pray, making sure that everything he did came from a place of resting with his father. Um, now, I could um, and I will somewhat talk about how I uh, make time to pray, but I thought it would be helpful this morning to hear from some different people from our church family um, with different time uh, commitments and pressures and hear how they make time to pray. So broadly speaking, two types of prayer I do, um, big prayer and small prayer. And big prayer, I normally do on my own in the bedroom, maybe, or in the lounge, but all alone with God, pouring my heart out, getting my heart right with God, putting on the new man, putting up the old, interceding, that kind of stuff. And that would probably take a long time, depending on how much time and how much faith. Small prayer when I have my heart right with God and sort of that kind of stuff, then on a day-to-day -day basis, everywhere I'm at, I am, I'm at um, in the toilet, bathroom, 
kitchen, at my desk, playing with the little man, um, pouring out prayers, which are either small prayers of one word or many sentences of two minutes, either prayers of worship or prayers of request or prayers of thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So yeah, I find it. I found it more difficult to get um, sort of space and solitude really and um, the main time I get it is when I'm in the car and my drive to work which is about 30 minutes to Hinkley and also when I'm going to in between visits and um, that I do as part of my job and something that I do which might sound a bit weird but bear with me um, is I I think that Jesus is in the passenger seat and I talk to him I'll talk to him about my day things I'm worried about um, praise um, and also when the Lord's in the passenger seat, it does make you more aware of what speed you're doing. That's a by the by. Um, so, yeah, just trying to have more of a conversation with the Lord throughout the day um, committing everything that I do, whatever I'm doing to him. Um, so when I go to bed at night, um, I find that a good time. I pray for people who are on shifts, um, nurses, doctors, um, especially if I wake up in the night, I turn my thoughts to, to those who are on the front line fighting the pandemic, but just ask the Lord to be over um, my dreams as well. So, yeah, just something that I do um, that helps me. Thank you. How I pray will tend to vary a lot depending on the season of life that I'm in. So, for example, um, when I'm really not very well, I find it very difficult to form my own words in prayer. So I'll tend to use a set prayer, such as the Lord's Prayer, um, or simply Lord God, Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on me. And I might pray that phrase several times over, more as a heart's cry of, God, would you help me? Would you come and be in this situation with me? And that's as much as I can manage in those seasons. Other times in life, God will put a person or a situation on my heart and I will pray more what we would call intercessory prayer. Um, in this last year, um, I have um, used the Lectio 365 app, um, which is a sort of guided prayer, which I find quite helpful. And I've also started to practice um, five or six minutes before God with as few words as possible, um, what people refer to as silence before God, um, either to... Um, just try and focus on who he is or to process something that I've heard through the day um, or to give time um, for me to listen to what God might be saying to me directly. I, this is my journal and I write praises in it to God and here's one of the pictures and I write a thank you in the middle and these are all stuff I'm thank you to God about. Bye. Prayer. Okay, well, my prayer is very much at the heart of my relationship with the Lord. And scripture is involved in that as well. And uh, in the morning, I do pray, I suppose, formulaically. I pray a little bit of worship and then I pray for our dear ones. That is our three children and their people. And uh, at the end of the day, Mandy and I uh, do a reading together from the CWR notes, and then I pray again with sort of more worship, and again for our people, and then for other people we know who have need, and then for other things in the world, which is more than used to be, I think. During the day, I pray 
I sort of meet the Lord at every odd little opportunity. And whenever I do, I close my eyes and he's there with me and I feel the love and presence of his Holy Spirit. And really what I do then is just to kind of commune, I think, you know, with him. I probably don't say very much uh, and just uh, be with him for a bit. And um, that, and uh, that's what I find whenever I close my eyes, the Lord's there. And that's really at the heart of just being with him and talking to him. So prayer... Well, I think in the last, um, definitely in the last few weeks, uh, my prayer life has uh, changed again. Um, it's changed quite a lot since um, when I was in my 20s and before I had children. Um, nowadays, it doesn't really resemble anything um, like it used to when I was um, much younger. Um, so in the last few weeks, having um, to homeschool for primary school age children and having a baby, um, my prayer life looks considerably different. Um, so at the moment, the way that I'm finding that I can uh, best pray um, is to put worship music on and to think of the people that I would like to pray for and sing worship songs over them. Um, so particularly some of the songs that I find I can do this uh, really well to are the blessing um, and um, yeah, just being able to sing those words over people's lives that have asked for prayer um, and people in like yeah jubilee that I uh, that come to mind. Um, and the other one is I think the song So Will I and that's just uh, I find that really a uh, great way of just being able to maybe dedicate uh, my life to God um, not every day but when it comes on I think yeah, you know what God it's all about you I'm here for you everything I'm doing is for you um, and I think it's really good to be reminded and that that is kind of how my prayer life is at the moment so bro Thank you um, very much to everyone who shared there, and I hope that you found that helpful. Um, like Jo Phipp said in her video, um, our prayer lives look different at different times, but hopefully from that uh, we can see whatever our age, whatever our uh, pressures and commitments, we can choose to come to God regularly. Now last week I defined prayer as time and conversation with God, the way that we develop our relationship with him. And I was reflecting this week about how all relationships involve different types of communication. And um, take my relationship with my husband, for example. Some of our conversations are very brief and very practical, such as, um, could you please put Gracie to bed because I'm losing the plot? Um, uh, sometimes they are more reflective. How was your day, dear? Um, and sometimes they're more uh, deep and even directional. What do you think that we should do about this? And um, if we only ever had um, one type of conversation, if we only have short and practical conversations, then our, our relationship would flounder. If we only ever had deep, meaningful chats, then we'd never get anything done. Um, and I was thinking, so it is with our relationship with God. Um, like DX um, and also Mike said, uh, we can have sort of small prayers and big prayers. We can come to God throughout the day, uh, remembering uh, him, asking him for things, thanking him. Um, but we also need those longer moments uh, in silence and solitude, perhaps, where we rest in God's presence. We, we bask in his love and we talk to him about the bigger things. Both of these are so important and both of them are a choice. Now, sometimes I'm not in the mood to make a very good choice. As shocking as it may be to hear, I'm actually not always jolly. Um, so I need routines to help me to choose to come to Jesus. Last week, uh, I mentioned the unforced rhythms of grace. 
these rhythms, these routines and structures and um, help us to prioritize God's presence. We'll talk about coming honestly to God later, but in order to come to God honestly with our feelings, we do actually need to choose to come to him, even when we don't feel like it. So are you choosing to come to God regularly? The second principle that we saw from Jesus's life was that he prayed expectantly. Uh, he taught us to ask and expect God to act. We saw that our desire to manage on our own and just get things done can be a barrier to this. And uh, that the crazy time that we find ourselves living in at this time um, has led many of us to realise we need to pray more expectantly. And I believe this is a real key thing that God is speaking to us as a church at the moment. I just want to pick out two things this morning to hopefully help us. Um, The first is something uh, which I heard Terry Virgo speaking about at the Catalyst Leaders Day um, a few weeks ago that we need to be specific with our prayers. Um, Hannah Harrison also had a prophetic word for Jubilee recently, which we're going to hear and pray about at Powerhouse later. And in that, she uses those words as well, that we need to ask God for specific things. And lately, I'm, I've been trying to do this. Um, I have a book where I write down things that I'm praying for, and I'm trying to keep them really specific so that as and when those prayers are answered, I can go back and I can tick them in my book. And it's so simple. And yet for me, it's been extremely faith building. When I look back at all those ticks, it reminds me that I have a father who cares about me and and who listens to me. And sometimes our prayers are bigger and wider and vaguer, and that's okay too. But when we pray specific things like, please let my friend say yes to Alpha, and she does, or please help us find 400 pounds because our gas bill was way more expensive than we expected. And we received just that amount of money. Well, that's pretty awesome. It encourages me, it makes me more thankful, and it inspires me to pray again. The second thing to say on praying expectantly is that we need the Holy Spirit. To pray expectantly, we need faith, and faith is a gift from God. And we all know, don't we, that saving faith is entirely of God. There's nothing that we can do to earn it. And yet, I wonder if somewhere along the line, we start thinking uh, that maybe um, we do need to add something or muster up our own faith somehow. Paul Miller, in the book that I mentioned earlier, writes this. Our dislike of asking is rooted in our desire for independence. Gemma Curran uh, texted me last week. Um, saying, uh, sharing something that God had spoken to her from uh, Luke 5.36, where it says, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. And God had challenged Gemma about trying to patch her own efforts uh, of righteousness onto the garment of righteousness that he's given her. And I know that I'm guilty of doing the same thing, of uh, trying to trust in myself and my own efforts instead of uh, relying on the work of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been disappointed by past hurts in prayer and struggle to believe that God really is in control and that he cares. I said last week that we need to be realigned to truth in prayer and it's the Holy Spirit who does this. So let's ask him for faith. Do you need the Holy Spirit to realign you to a particular aspect of God's truth today? Are you praying expectantly? And so we come to our final principle. Jesus prayed honestly. Last week we talked about acknowledging our weaknesses and our feelings before God and then surrendering to his will again. 
James and Jen already mentioned this verse. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Like Janet said in her video, sometimes all we can do is cry out to God from our hearts. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to do this. We might pray in tongues. We might use um, specific words like Janet mentioned. Or we might simply sit before our Father as the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Let's not put on a brave face. Let's come to our Father honestly and tell him how we're feeling. On a very practical note, uh, my friend Rachel reminded me this week that it's uh, a lot easier to pray honestly when you're praying out loud. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm certainly more truthful when I just sort of blurt it all out. Like uh, we saw when we explored David's life and the Psalms, lamenting means acknowledging our feelings and weaknesses before God and then turning and choosing to trust in him again. Is there anything that you need to lament today? Are you praying honestly? So as we come to the end of our two weeks on prayer, can I encourage you in your small groups to speak openly with one another about your prayer lives and to spur one another on as we seek to prioritise God's presence in our day-to-day -day lives? Let's ask each other, are you praying regularly, expectantly and honestly? I want to finish with uh, one more quote from Paul Miller. He says this, the point of Christianity isn't to learn lots of truths so you don't need God anymore. We don't learn God in the abstract. We are drawn into his life. Let's prioritise time and conversation with God. And as we honestly come to him, let's expect the Holy Spirit to draw us into his life.